very excited to give an Easter message uh, today. Uh, I, for this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read uh, the resurrection account, and then I have a couple thoughts, and then we'll, uh, we'll sing a, a song or two, and then we can get off to our Easter family meals, I'm sure, how many that you're having. Let's look at John chapter 20, and we're going to go from verse, uh, uh, we're going to start at the resurrection account. In verse 1. So, is the clicker working? Let me see this. See if it's working here. Oh yeah, okay, good. Alright. This is the reading of God's word. The crucifixion has already happened. And now we pick up where the story lifts off. It says this, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. While it was still dark, and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to, and to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look, he saw the linen clothes just lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and he went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. The other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and he believed. For as yet they did not understand scripture, that Jesus actually must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped in to look at the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body had lain. One at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but did not recognize it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Supposing Jesus to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned to him and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to the father and your father. To my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And he said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. You just imagine that scene, you're... Locked in the room, you're cowering because you think people are going to come and arrest you. 
Jesus just appears and says, peace be with you. I don't know about you, but I'd be scared at that moment. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet and his side. The disciples were glad and they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And when he had said on this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive sins on, the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with Jesus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen Jesus, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of his nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. And put your hand on my side and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, You have believed because you have seen me. Blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet believed. That's us. And this is the reading of God's word. You know, if you look throughout the text, there are at least three times where Jesus says the words, peace be with you. And I am very comforted with those words uh, as we read the text. And it is actually the reason why we celebrate, why we look at our life with optimism, with hope and joy, and why we celebrate. But if I might take a moment to have a couple thoughts on the resurrection, it might be this. Every holiday that we celebrate, I've noticed that there is a measure of brokenness in that holiday that can kind of wash out the celebratory aspect of it. Is that not true? For example, it might be Valentine's Day and we want to celebrate love and the fact that we, we love our significant other, but it actually might hurt because we're still single. And so Valentine's Day not, doesn't become a place where we celebrate, but more in the fact that we're still no one has we haven't found our significant other or it might be mother's day or father's day where we celebrate our moms and our dads but for some of us it actually might be a point of pain because we never got to be a mom or be a dad and we wanted to be or we never actually got a the dad that we wanted or perhaps it's thanksgiving a time when the family gets together and we have the turkey and the stuffing and it's a time of celebration and yet you know in your heart that the in-laws are coming over. The ones that you don't like very much. And so instead of being a time of being thankful, it becomes a time of awkwardness. And you know what? I think the same thing can happen to Easter too. Stuff, stuff in life just happens. It just seems that during life, when seasons where we should celebrate things like a loss of a job or a relational fallout or a health issue might 
wash out the fact that we celebrate something. And it can actually feel like it's inappropriate to celebrate in the midst of a time of suffering and hardness. I know in our home, Liz's birthday falls exa- or Liz's mom's birthday falls exactly on the same birthday as James's birthday. And so there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of tension there. And I don't know what you're going through right now. Maybe you're losing your health, maybe you've lost your job. Maybe there's a relational fallout and you're here today and you're celebrating Easter and it's supposed to be this time where we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, but just through the trials that you're suffering right now, it actually might actually feel like it's washed out any reason for celebrating. And, I, and here's where I want to leave you with today, uh, just a thought as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to be careful how I word this because I don't want to make it sound as if your suffering doesn't matter. But if you find that it's a hard time to celebrate during this year because of whatever has happened, you have the best reason to celebrate Easter, not the worst. Amen? You see, no matter what pain you're going through, the resurrection of Jesus Christ means that whatever darkness you face, Jesus is right there beside you. And the cross of the Christ gives us, gives us hope. So let me give you a couple reasons why you should celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, even if life is hard right now. Number one, the crucifixion was God's first and only answer to your cry for help. Okay? You see, we talk about this idea that it was God's will that Jesus died on the cross. It was all part of his plan. It was necessary. He died because of our sin and to satisfy God's wrath. It was an act of propitiation. That's not a word that we use anymore very often. But propitiation is a word where we talk about the idea that we do an act to appease the, the fact that we've hurt someone else. So Jesus acts as propitiation for us. And I want to take just a minute to explain this and, and tell you why it's an act, it's something that you should celebrate and give you hope. Number one, we understand that Jesus, when we talk about Jesus dying on the cross, we often talk about the idea that Jesus died on the cross for my sin, all the stuff that I did wrong, for my mistakes, for my for all the blunders that I did, for every impure thought, for every time I was greedy, for every time that I lacked love, or any time that I did not ensue justice, or any time I did that, Christ died for that. But you also need to understand something. When we talk about propitiation, and we talk about the fact that Jesus died as a propitiation for our sins, it's not just the fact that he died for your sins. It's the fact that he died for everything done to you. So every time in your life that someone didn't recognize you, that you kind of felt like a face in the crowd, every time that someone didn't believe in you or called you out, or sometime, every time someone abandoned you or neglected you or any of that, Jesus died for that. On him was laid all that sin. 
And so I want you to know that whatever you're going through, the suffering, the mourning, whatever it is, it all goes on Jesus. Jesus not only died for your sin, he died in, for everything done to you. So all that cry that when you were crying out for justice, when you were crying out for help, when you were crying out and saying, Jesus, save me, I need someone to save me. The resurrection was Jesus' first, only, and best answer to your cry for help. Jesus is the savior of your story. He's the, he's the, he's the hero of your story. The other reason why I think we need to celebrate is because the resurrection is real. Amen? Amen. We don't just believe that the resurrection is a nice idea. There are some Christians out there that will tell you that the, Christian, the resurrection, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is just an idea. It's a nice thought that we should live our life by. But it never really happened. It didn't really happen in the literal sense. It's just kind of an idea that we should live our life by. And I'm telling you right now that the best thing about Christianity is that it's a faith of history. These events actually happened. And because they actually happened, we believe it's something that's worth dying for and worth living for. No one gets up in the morning and comes to church just to worship a God, just because it's a nice idea or a metaphor. We believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ really happened. Okay? My favorite uh, pushback against the resurrection of Jesus is that when Jesus died on the cross, he actually didn't die on the cross. He fainted. Have you heard that? It's kind of silly. Here's the reason why I think it's silly. If you believe the skeptics, then you believe that after 36 hours of no sleep, after being beaten, after being flogged with whips, with bones and rocks, in them tearing your flesh, after being nailed to a cross, after being stabbed in your side, after being laid in a tomb, fully wrapped in burial clothes, you somehow magically revive, and then in an empty, weakened state, you hobble out, and somehow, <clears throat> and hobbling out due to the wounds on your feet and your hands, and you somehow have enough strength to roll away a large stone and overtake at least two Roman-trained soldiers, deceive your disciples, and you allow them to touch you and minister to them for 40 days, if you believe that he just fainted. You see, friends, I believe that the resurrection happened because of the finality of the punishment. Jesus died. The cross was excruciating, it was a calculated kill, and it was a public execution. There's no way he fainted. And because I know that the finality of his death was real, I also know that the empty tomb is a real thing too. And I want you to catch this very carefully. The reason that I believe that Jesus rose from the dead is because of the empty tomb. Now I know that we've all gone to church for a very long time and we know that that is the way that the story goes, but I want you not to miss something very particular in the story, and that is this. No one ever disputed the tomb was ever empty. 
Did you catch that? In the story, Jesus, they go and they find the tomb empty, and the Roman soldiers go back and they tell the, the officials what had happened, and they were paid off. Why would you do that if the tomb wasn't empty? It seems to me that if all you wanted to do was kill Christianity, all you had to do was find the body. And they never did. And that, friends, is why I know that the resurrection is real and why you can have hope. I also believe in the resurrection because of the many public appearances of Jesus. Luke 24, verses 30, 13 to 49, Jesus appears to hundreds of people. Witnesses give credibility to the event. You and I are here today because we believe the witness of those hundreds of people that say that they saw Jesus Christ rise from the dead. You remember what Jesus said to Thomas, you believe because you have seen. Blessed are those who believe and yet have not seen. That's you and I. I also believe in the resurrection because of the testimony and transformation. The disciples all preached it until their death. Now I suppose, here, here's what I've noticed, is that nobody gives their life up for a lie. And if they were lying, they would not go all the way to martyrdom. Now I suppose you could say that they didn't actually believe it, it was a lie, they thought it was truth, but I want you to understand that something happened to the disciples. Something happened with that empty tune enough to convince them that they would give their life for Jesus Christ. And friends, that's why I know that you and I can have hope in Jesus Christ. You see, friends, there is a First uh, Thessalonians 4, verses 13 and 14 says this. It says, brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep or to grieve like the rest of those who, was it say? Have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep. We have hope in this world. You see, friends, the reason that I think that we should celebrate Jesus, no matter what circumstance that we're in, is because death is not final. Death is no obstacle, and death gives way to Jesus Christ. That you And you and I have a hope in Jesus. And I think what is happening in our world is it's becoming harder and harder to celebrate good things because of the darkness and suffering that we are seeing. How many of you think the world has just gone crazy lately? You have. I want, I want you to know that if you find that whatever you're going through in life right now, whatever suffering, whatever dark time you're going through, you can, have a, you can celebrate the fact that Jesus came and rose again on the cross because his death and resurrection meant that he took every injustice and paid the price for it all. That the resurrection is a promise that your story of sadness and mistakes and hurt is erased and rewritten by God's unmerited love for you. Easter is God's way of saying that he has and he will again wipe every tear away 
from our eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Amen? He is risen. risen Let me pray and let's close with one more song. Father, thank you for the cross of Christ. And as we gather here today to celebrate this Easter weekend, will you help us remember the resurrection of Jesus, that we are a people of hope, that when shadows fall on us, that we will not be scared and we will not tremble, we will remember and hide in the shadow of the cross. And all God's people said, Amen.